You're listening to local programming produced in KUNV Studios. The content of this program does not reflect the views or opinions of 91.5 Jazz and More, the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, or the Board of Regents of the Nevada System of Higher Education. This, this is, is Talking with the Pros. The pros. Like professionals. This is Talking with the Pros with me, Jess Speed. I speak to the professionals in the world of audio to gain an insight into what it takes to become a pro. Talking with the pros. Talking with the pros with my co-host. Polly. Hey, Polly. You know, what I was thinking we could do today is go into who is Polly? There's just so much more to you that we really need to dive in because you're like a treasure trove of experience, a treasure trove of knowledge, and a professional nonetheless in the world of audio. So we're going to tie it all, talk about like the beginnings of Polly. My name is actually Paul, and I oh, tell yeah. people. Please state Polly. your legal name for the record. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I actually will because <laughs> the reason why I like to give my name out as Polly, uh-huh. I can hear my name better. Because when people say Paul, I can't hear my name. It sounds like wall or something else or all. Like it just, it's so hard to hear my name. It being difficult in an environment where there's a concert, there's music going on and people need to communicate with you. So basically that's what you're talking about. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, especially across a room, across a stage, or just anywhere. I, I, It's hard to hear my name when I, and it sounds like other words. It's just really hard. Mm. So that's why I like Paul Lee. It, it gives a nice tinge to my name, but it's not my real name. It's Paul. <laughs> but do you enjoy Paul Wall. when people call you Polly? Is that like you're like to the core, you feel like a Polly? To the core, I feel like a Polly. Mm. Polly Pocket. I don't know. <laughs> I'll talk to somebody and they'll say, hey, do, do you know what Polly Pockets are? Or uh, once I say Polly, right? Hey, my name's Polly. They're like, oh, Paul, like Polly Pocket or Polly Shore or Polly D. Mm-hmm. I'm totally okay with that. Okay with that. Yeah. Love being recognized as another artist too. I mean, DJ Polly D. Ooh. Oh. Oh, we're getting ahead of ourselves. So, so actually, oh. that's where I chime in and mm-hmm. I say, I'm not just a DJ. Okay. And, you know, shout out to DJ Pauly D, mm-hmm. Jersey Shore, great show. Oh, you like that crazy. show? crazy. I, I thought it was funny. I thought it was crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a lot of- uh, Were you a guilty pleasure watcher? No. I, I just, it would come on and I'd be like, okay, sure, oh. why not? <laughs> and uh, I saw his hair and I'm like, who is that? And I saw his name. I didn't think any of it. I didn't think that my name would be confused with him when I started calling myself Polly mm-hmm. or Polly DLT, which is my full name, just abbreviations. Like when I was watching that show, I didn't think of that. And then now I'm like, everyone's com- mm-hmm. everyone confuses me with DJ Polly D in a way because mm-hmm. of Polly. So then I, sh- I-, I say to people, I'm not just a DJ. Yeah, DJ Polly D really is like, long lasting somebody that we didn't expect to be on the scene for so long but he's i think it has to do with his grind he's dedicated he's going show to show even in the show i have a show like i gotta do on the move doing the most and i think that's something to be said of why he's still around and still relevant and creating and people are still a fan of him obviously you know he's putting in to his craft and he's not just like really surping the oh i'm famous from a show it was like something that he was doing before the show and like he built from the audience that he gained committed to it as an artist that proves the point Mm. that 
even if you've been successful in the past, nobody cares unless you're still putting in the work and you're still getting after it. Tom Brady, for example. We like to talk about outliers because they're an example for what we could be as a person. People watch sports or people watch musicians and artists, speakers. We like to tune into these things because we want to better our lives in some way or, or escape in some way. Or see how they're doing it. Right. Mm. So those types of people, the people that are doing the work, the football players or the baseball players or anybody who's in front of a camera or behind a microphone, you don't just stop when you're successful. You keep going. You try to find ways of innovating and constantly pursuing your craft. It doesn't just stop. DJ Paul E.D. didn't just stop his career in Jersey Shore mm -hmm. and then just fell off and took the money and, and ran. Right. He continued to put in work. And that is an example of of, to me, someone who's successful. How you made people feel over the course of your life, over the course of an entire generation, in a sense. Once you, we go, we leave this planet, right? We think, oh, what? What legacy are we leaving behind? But also to those people that are having success. Okay, that's great. Oh, nice that they did something. But then, oh, they're still out there winning. And then it's like, oh, once hated somebody for being successful. But oh, look how prevalent they are and prolific they are with their content. Oh, maybe I should really consider looking twice and looking into this person's actually got something. This person, it's not just like a fluke and it's long sustaining. So it's maybe I can- yeah, maybe it's, I can learn from that. It's part of who that person is. It's part of who they are. And part of who they are. But I want to know more about who you are, Polly, because I know you're so dedicated to the learning, the growing, gaining knowledge and so multifaceted that I want to dive more into the younger years. I know you're an instrument player, you're a musician, and you also create, so like you're an artist at the core, not only professional in the world of audio, I think we can learn something from like your beginning story. I know you had mentioned before that you went to LVA and yeah. you kind of like, that's where Polly was formed, <laughs> but also like <laughs> the earlier years of elementary and like what got you into going to LVA, wow. which for for those who don't know, please explain. Well, I actually didn't become who I was in LVA or in mm. my middle school years or that young part of my life. I, I, in elementary school, like just early development, I like to start in early childhood development because that's where I really started, was blessed into a good family, two loving parents. Now, I understand immediately when I say that, people are like, okay, this guy's a rich kid. All right. Great, whatever. I, I'm I can't relate to him. Mm. Well, I'll get it. I'll get into the story in elementary school because I was in a nice environment at home. When I'd go to elementary school and I'd and I'd see other kids and I interact with people, I I thought everybody was nice. Everyone's supposed to be nice. It actually goes before elementary school. It goes to preschool. Okay, um, you know, just grabbing a toy out of a toy box. I'm like, oh, I want to give this to somebody. I feel good when I give a toy to someone. Let me grab this little toy and give it to my friend. Here you go. Now, you want to be friends? All right. And in preschool, I learned how the world kind of works in in a messed up way. Mm. It's an early lesson. An early my first lesson that I remember just being alive on planet Earth. It was when I wanted to play with that person or just have fun in the in the, in the sandbox sure. and just like, "Okay, I gave you the toy. Like, can we be friends?" they would not share the toy. Mm. They would keep it for themselves and they would run away. 
And then I'm like, what's going on? Like, do they not like me? Do they hate me? Like, what's going on? Do they not? I just gave them a toy and they just ran with it. And then they didn't give it back. And then when I try to hang out with them, they'd start like crying and fighting. And I'm like, what, what is this planet? Yeah. Where, where am I? It seems like a duality from who you were and oh. how you were raised. Oh, and yeah. then seeing there's other sides out there in the world. It was not a good time at all. It was actually a very traumatic time as a child. Mm. Kid in the sandbox, I wants to play with other kids in the sandbox and gives another kid a toy to play with and I didn't get it back or I wouldn't play with the kid and then they they kind of ostracized me. So I was always in preschool, before elementary school, just kind of away from everybody else. I would literally like go into a corner and just kind of like sleep on my own or whatever and then just wait for mom to come home. This was right before 9-11. Mm. And, and once 9-11 happened, I just remember the trauma of that day, how our history was about to change, or like the course of history was changing in America. And I remember my parents screaming. I remember the just the, everybody felt different. It felt right. like this low point, right. this low sinking feeling. And I remember feeling that as a child and I'm just like, this sucks. What is humanity? Where am I? Mm -hmm. What is this place? Like I'm just born into this world and I'm like feeling all this negativity. Well, I don't wanna be like that. I wanna be a force for change and a force for positivity. Well. That's the mindset I adopted before elementary school. Once I went into elementary school, I thought I could make friends like that. It's not how the world works. I would make a friend. We would be cool outside of school, having a great relationship. And then in school around other people, jealousy or some kind of like, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm better than you and would just act cooler than me in the, in the cool group, in the popular kid group. And then I just noticed the social dynamics early on in life. It's, it is a tough, cruel world. Yeah, posturing in, is major in a social setting, in an environment where it seems like we're all, you know, going through the same experience, but cliques are being formed, groups are being formed. And then it's the who's who, unfortunately, instead of like banning together through the shared experience and like having each other's back and support it's hard on someone that comes from a good family in the attempt they're working hard the two parents working their tails off to run a business my dad's a, a physician just stressed out all the time because he's got people coming at him complaining that serious serious stuff so the stress level is is unreal a lot in on my his family. shoulders yeah yeah it's a lot and, and i'm just i don't know what's going on as a child in social circles in elementary school i'm trying to be nice to everybody because you know when i come home my parents are greeting me nice so i want to be nice to other people mm -hmm. it got me nothing all mm -hmm. it did was uh, i noticed people fighting with me bullies right and it, I, I didn't understand the concept of bullying i would just sit under a tree by myself for a majority of of mm. the school time and i was i think this was kindergarten through fifth grade, right? I Most of my time socially was spent underneath a freaking tree. Mm. Well, I think this lends to more of who you are now, who I know. You're so talented musically that I want to talk about what sparked that interest in you from going from under the tree to now picking up an instrument having curiosity about music. I was in my head a lot. I would physically, mentally, emotionally, and energetically detach from everyone around me. And I would push people away. And I was by myself in this playground, big grass area. And then you have the main playground, right? 
at the back of the grass area, there's it's just like this huge playground. When you're a kid, everything's big. So mm-hmm. I was underneath this tree sitting by myself for years. Everybody was playing. Everybody was socializing. Everybody was fighting, right? Everyone was just learning how to play. I didn't do any of that. I just completely detached from everybody. I think it developed in my mind just a sense of detachment. Like I could see the world outside, right? Mm-hmm. But I didn't see it in a negative way. I saw it as like, oh. More I, observant. More observant. I wasn't a negative person. I, yes, I was going through a traumatic experience dealing with a rough situation and not knowing how to be tougher, right? Not knowing how to overcome tough uh, a tough thing. So, But it was also like a new concept to you because you were coming from that environment where probably the people around you, the, ch- the children around you had come from a little tougher background. So yeah. the interaction, maybe they didn't have the tools. You know, I have learned it's probably more of like what that person experiences and capabilities and wherewithal factors into how they treat others. Like the consideration, I don't think, is something that's being taught. Oh, okay. So it's not taught. That's the key to life. You're not going to learn this in school. You're not going to learn this from your teachers. You're not going to learn this from anybody except you. That's how I look at it. Mm. Because the only person that can overcome this in life is you. So Polly here, young Polly, observing the world, looking out from a distance, having a different point of view than the majority of people, when does music come into your life at that point? Third grade elementary school. So that time I'm by myself dealing with those issues of like, I can't make friends with anybody right now. What's going on? It sounds like you're Uh, looking for an outlet, right? Yeah, I'm looking Mm. for an outlet. And my sister's boyfriend at the time who went to school here and was in the drum line here at UNLV got me a drum set. Wow. Yeah. And he got me drumsticks. Wow. My parents said it was Santa, but I knew oh, it, I knew so it was, was a Christmas I, thing. I, yeah, uh-huh. it was a Christmas okay. thing. So this little tiny Yamaha drum set showed up. I didn't want to learn how to play drums. I thought the drummer was stupid. I thought the drummer was like weird. I'm Whoa. like, who's that nerd in the back that's just like, I want to oh, be in the front. Mm. I want to do, because, right, if I'm a kid who has been like- Always at the back. Literally. Mm. Yeah, like bullied, right? Like didn't know how to deal with bullies, didn't know how to be strong and tough. Right. I want to do something that's cool. So I want to be in front of people and like be the showman, be the person in front. Right. Have a passion for like being seen and having a voice because I had no voice. I was mute. I was literally physically mute. I didn't know how to talk. I had to become somebody who's extroverted. I was not at all. Wow. So this moment comes. Santa brings you (laughs) this great present. And I would just start messing with the kit, but I didn't know what I was doing. Mm -hmm. He knew how to play drums. This is happening in third grade of elementary school. I don't know what's happening. I thought guitarists were way better than drummers because guitarists, they were a lot of rock music at that time, as singers, right? So I want to be a singer and rock star. I want to be on the stage playing a guitar. Well, I never learned guitar because that day that he gave me those drumsticks, he showed me how to play a rock beat, a simple just... But when I was doing that as a kid, I'm like, uh, like I don't know how to, like, what is this coordination thing? What is this like octopus level stuff? <laughs> and then mm. 
my brain exploded. Whoa, yes, yes. And it still does mm-hmm. right now mm-hmm. to this very day recording this show. Dude, and to if, every if day anybody go, hasn't to the future. learned an instrument yeah. and played music, it, it's real. Not only just that, for life. Mm. Because let's say you grab um, a rocket, a little RC rocket, a ro- radio-controlled rocket, or a RC car. Or you're passionate about football and you grab a football for the first time and you're like, this is cool. What is this? What is this thing that I can throw and and catch and and, you know, tackle people with and play a game and win? That is the most important thing to capture for the rest and hold on to for the rest of your life. So you experience that playing the drums and going with that beat and a spark went off. Totally. And it's still going off today. Mm. The same spark I had then is the same spark I still have now. And I apply it to different things that I've, that I'm passionate about and that I want to learn and pursue. Now coming of age, high school age and going into what your next step is. And you, how did you find out that there was a high school dedicated to the arts? Well, because I learned the rock beat, and it, the explosion happened. That explosion continued day after day after day. I would practice for 12 hours and I didn't even know I was sitting at a drum set for that long. You weren't relentless. I was, yeah, I was relentless, but mm. it I didn't feel relentless. I just felt like it was me. I'm just mm. like, dude, mm. I love this stuff. And that's anybody who's successful, who gets really good at a craft is anybody who gets really good at anything. They're so obsessed with just doing it. That when I hear the term hard work, I think it's complete garbage. I think the term hard work is garbage. It's not. For somebody who is passionate about something and they like it, they're willing to do the work. You're willing to get out there. You're willing to put yourself on the front lines of a stressful situation and make something happen. Like if you want to be a Navy SEAL and you're physically capable of it, if you can execute on the training, right? And it's just anything in life you're passionate about. Oh, right. So yeah, help me there's this high school that oh, yeah, is the high dedicated school. Yeah, to so the, those right. who oh, are yeah. interested in different, not just music, but like theater, um, language, oh, yeah. and music. So you have to apply and be accepted. And here you are, a high school student, a freshman. Before, mm. okay, so the, the story then continues in the middle school. Middle school, I'll keep it super simple. I actually didn't want to be a musician. Oh. Dude. Was it kind of it, like the idea I got, of, I love this thing, so I don't want to kill it kind of thing? Exactly. Mm-hmm. But I just got stupid good at it. <laughs> I just got really good at <laughs> it because that God. that it's obsession, so <laughs> that obsession from the explosion, I'm calling it the explosion right now. I'm just, whoa, I got the rock beat down, dude. Uh-huh. Look at uh-huh. this rock beat, right? Once I got the rock beat down, uh, that continued into middle school and I started doing crazy stuff. I just started, I kept on learning. I kept on going to lessons, just dedication, whatever. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, while I was in middle school, I actually didn't want, and, and elementary school, I didn't want to be a musician because to me, musicians are nerds. They're weird. I didn't like it. Even though I was weird, even though I was weird, I wanted to be, I wanted to be cool. I wanted to be a jock and I wanted to be um, physically fit. Mm. So my I, to this day, even right now, I would rather be an athlete than a musician. Ooh, hot take. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> even though I suck in certain, way, in certain ways. We'll get to that oh, in no. the last part about laziness and about 
motivation, all that. Sure, sure. So you have aspirations of being a high school athlete at this point rather than... I have I have aspirations of being a middle school athlete. In middle mm-hmm. school, it was a developmental time for me. And actually, I went to the same school system that Ariana Grande went to. It's really, really cool. Got to travel to Europe. It's great because my good grades, whatever. That time I told my coach, hey, coach, I know you want me to play football right now. You want me to be a wide receiver, uh, whatever that position was. Uh, coach, I don't want to do that. I don't want to play for the football team. I want to be a drummer. I made that decision in eighth grade, seventh to eighth grade, right before going into high school because I just saw how strong I was playing the drums. I didn't want to lose that momentum. I locked it down. And I firmly believe that people don't become successful in high school. They become successful in middle school because to get to high school, you need to accomplish great things in middle school. So I'm talking to anybody who's super young right now. If you're a young teenager and you found a passion and you're really good at that thing and you're learning more about it, stick with it as much as you can because it becomes a lifeline in your professional career. To those now in university who can now look back on their life and go back to the time when they're in elementary, junior high, middle school, and then see, oh, there was this beginning sparks in me. There, there was something that I was actually focused on and I enjoyed something spark in middle school and now you're in university and you can like look back on, oh, there was defining moments in my life that has led me to this point and understanding where you're headed and be assured like you're heading into what you want to do long term. Got me into LVA, auditioning and making it into a school like that. It all stems from that explosion I had in in elementary school because that, I never lost it. I never lost that little spark that I had for drums or for music in general and just getting good at something, right? Getting good at something was my way out to become socially uh, accepted in this world, Mm. right? It's, it's not because I was a nice person or my personality or whatever. That didn't matter, right? It actually goes into a philosophical thing, but we won't go down there yet. In middle school, I was playing the drums. I was maintaining it and I was getting good. I was in the jazz band there. So and I just got super good at it. I didn't stop it for some reason. I was like a little prodigy in middle school that I just really, really, really liked music. Right? And you weren't just dr- drums specific. You were percussion you ventured out into i hated that so okay percussion (laughs) sucks to me i I, really still kind of does let me let me explain i never wanted to be a percussionist i hated the idea it goes to like the shaker it was nerdy i'm like what is this weirdo like shaking this in like (laughs) what is that and then the marimba like i don't even know what that is like a xylophone what is this right but here's the thing i would rather be a drummer than a percussionist bar none and I would still be my middle school self versus, you know, having all those other skills. Well, I know you can play other instruments and play them well. Totally. So yeah. what got you venturing out to those other instruments? Well, that was the decision to go to high school. Just it depended on where I'd go, right? Because I'm in middle school and I'm focused on actually being an, a well-rounded person as an athlete as much as I can and as a musician. So... I wanted to I wanted to just be a drummer. I didn't want to do anything else. I wanted to be a really well-known famous drummer. That was kind of like my idea in middle school. Then my mom comes in one day and she tells me, "Paul, you shouldn't be just a drummer." I was in the kitchen and I was getting food and she says, "Paul, I I don't want you just being a drummer." That faithful day, I listened to my mom 
And I made the decision, all right, screw it. I'll learn other things. And I started learning other things. I auditioned to LVA because I got in touch with a percussionist from UNLV that was teaching here. And his name is Alex Stopa. He's literally the coolest guy ever. He's amazing. He's super talented and he's somebody that loves to learn as well. So uh, I got lucky there. And he started to teach me how to play these instruments, these other instruments. And it enabled me to get into an audition at LVA and make it into the school. So the program kind of like required that too, right? Oh, yeah. Mm, okay. Keep in mind though, I think all of this stuff that I'm doing, all of the dr- all of this percussion stuff, the whole time I'm in high school, I hate my life. I don't like being a percussionist. I hate it. I think it's stupid because me, I like the athletic my mentality. I like, I would, like I said, I would rather be an athlete and be a strong, you know, physically fit person that's doing cool stuff with cool people. Like, to be honest with you, I wanted to be a jock. I wasn't a jock. Now you can see how everything is coming from this elementary school story, right? Mm-hmm. That I've just like been mm-hmm. socially, you know, ostracized to now having some status because I'm learning a, dr- a drumming instrument and learning something that I want to be cool. And <laughs> cool. <laughs> I said it in that way, dude. It sucks. Uh, but whatever. Uh, so yeah, I just wanted to be cool. And I thought the coolest people were the athletes. Well, you're picking up some diversity in your musical talent repertoire. And yeah. you're growing. You love learning. You're practicing in like, I'm sure, eight hours a day. So this is something you're dedicated to. You're putting in your passion and your hard work. And now fast forward from your mom leading you into being not only a drummer, but learning other instruments and picking up instruments. And I'm sure at this point you're trying out your own music, learning that you can make your own music. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that actually happened in that actually happened in high school Mm -hmm. uh, because I joined a little band. There were some other talented kids. We were like, hey, can we all do something cool? Right, because I want to play drums. I don't want to pl- do all this percussion stuff, mm-hmm. and I got really good at that too. But honestly, all of that was purely for survival. I hate, I hated it. Like mark my words, I hated being a percussionist. It was, it, I mean, I didn't like the people I was around. I didn't like any of it. It was just, yeah, I didn't have fun doing it. It was, it, I did it out of out of necessity because my parents. I, I was trying to fulfill um, that thing that hey my mom wants me to be a percussionist so I'll do it but I was doing something I hated I really really hated it deep down I hated it I didn't like it I did it and I I developed a somewhat passion for it but I was doing it out of pure survival for school for grades for having some sort of talent to do something else yeah I developed a love in it right because it gave me uh, an awareness of music and it gave me the and it actually led to the passion of creating music because but I've always had it. That's the thing. I've always had the passion. In middle school, I started making music. It was on my laptop. It was on GarageBand. I was with other athletes, too. It was like other dudes that played sports. We were just hanging out. And it was like, yo, like let's make this beat. Let's just like throw down some keyboards, some drums. And we were all musical type, you know, on the keyboard, GarageBand. It's just like hitting the keyboard and making beats. It was so cool. I made songs, dude. That passion was way before I knew music theory or wanted to be a percussionist or wanted to do any of that, which I never really did. I never wanted to do it. It's just my mom told me to. 
So it's like the cold hard truth. And uh, people are listening right now that know who I am are probably like, what? Because <laughs> I ended up winning Allstate twice in, in uh, high school. Wow. Yeah. That's great. In Allstate, yeah. Allstate, like in music or in your sport? In the whole state. The Nevada Education Allstate competition. I don't know exactly the name. There was a competition statewide thing against all schools. I won that competition twice. Super cool. But that didn't come from my mindset of being a musician. That came from my mindset of being an athlete. Mm. See? I'm competitive. I'm extremely competitive. I want to win in this world. And I want to do cool things. So I just want to thank you so much, Polly, for giving us a glimpse into your beginnings, everything that you've overcome and everything you've achieved and how that applies to who you are now and in the future. So thank you for taking us on that journey of your beginnings of your life. Now we can really get a more well-rounded base of where you're coming from, what we can apply moving forward to everybody else in this professional space. So thank you, Polly, and my co-host, my favorite person in the world of audio. Thank you again for being my co-host. Thank you. I'm I'm excited to catch you in the next one. Let's go. I want to thank you so much for tuning in. And if you missed any of today's episode, you can find us anywhere podcasts are available, like Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Talking with the Pros with me, Jess B. I love you, and I'll catch you in the next one. Bye.